You'll close the door to your dark apartment. The rain falling heavily outside. You had a long day at work. You put your bag down. Rub your eyes. In the dark apartment, you notice something moving. What is that? No one. You live alone. But something in the shadows seems to come closer. You can't quite make it out. You think your eyes are playing tricks on you. You go get yourself a glass of water. Open the fridge. Get some water out of that ice-cold Brita. And as you stand up, you realize that you really weren't alone. Because you're listening to the Among Friends podcast. to stand up from getting water from the Brita. <laughs> what were you doing? Laying on the ground? You bent down. Girl, you're you not that up. tall. I still bend down. Okay. You don't have to. Oh. Don't, don't lie to yourself. Okay, well, anyways, as you can tell, we're gonna, you know, talk about some spooky ooky stuff. Thunder. Yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> wrong time, wrong time. This week, we're talking about true crime. The sensation um, that everyone's pretty fucking obsessed with. Uh, how do you feel? How do you feel about true crime beats? Uh, I'm conflicted. I, I love me some true crime. I love listening to true crime podcasts. Yep, we um, are although, true crime girlies. Yes. My number one podcast is this one. It's called Among Friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but right. um, I really enjoy it. And the hosts are fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, especially there's this like black lesbian girl. Mm-hmm. I'll, another time, another time. But yeah. um, I do really enjoy true crime podcasts. Um, although I don't like the obsession that some Perfect. things would true crime come across. I'm because, glad you said that. Right. I mean, it's one thing if you're retelling a story and you're like, okay, this is what happened. Here's all the facts. But when you add like dramatization and you want to sell something, right. I think that's where I have a problem because then it's no longer like talking about the victims telling their story, but it's now fantasizing about like serial killers yes. or things like that. So that's my take. How about you, Bestie? Oh my God, correct. So we are true crime girlies. Uh, any documentaries, podcasts, I'm in there. Swimwear, me. So, but so, but I have the same issue as you, and like I've done a lot of like thinking about it, and like I've sort of reimagined the way I like I prefer to consume true crime. So like I am interested. I, I have stopped saying that I'm a fan of it. No one's a fan of crime. I mean, you shouldn't be a fan of crime, especially murder, but. I'm, I'm, and like, I'm interested in hearing the stories. So that's why I'm glad you brought up, you know, the facts and like document, like things that only talk about the actual incident. And like the point of it is to share the stories of this victim so that, you know, things don't happen in like a silo, you know, so that we're aware that these things happen to be aware of the signs and the things of, of what causes people to commit these violent acts um, uh, you know, and especially like when you're we're talking true crime in the in the terms of like, like a disappearance or like a, a a lost person kind of thing, like that is super important to like get the word out there. Like people are still looking for their loved ones, so it's super in- it's useful and interesting to like hear about that disappearance and like this is what they look like and these are the numbers you can call if you happen to see them. So I think it's, it can serve a lot of good. And that's why I like it and I'm interested in it. I'm just very interested in human nature as, as a whole. 
But my problem is when we when we get a little bit too weird, when we get a little bit too fucky fucky with the criminals. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Emphasis on fucky fucky. Um, I think one of my so I think we all know one of Netflix's latest dramas is Dahmer. Um, which Evan Peters, we love Evan Peters. Yeah. Um, that man could do b- terrible things to me any day of the month. But the problem is everyone's just like so attracted to Evan Peters that they're just like, oh my God, I would totally have gone home with this man. I would have been murdered. Ha 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 ha. And I'm like, bro, you're missing the point here. And then what they were supposed to be doing was telling the victim stories, which is a flat out lie. I mean, I've finished most of the series so far um, just because I really thought that's what it was about. And now I'm just fascinated because I see so much about it and things like that really annoy me because then there's like podcasts like Your Own Backyard, which follows the case of Kristen Smart and California. And through that discovery and working with the police, they were able to really find some more evidence about the people that they believe ended up murdering her. Um, And so like it was a disappearance, which eventually was ruled a homicide, no body, whatever, but now they're in trial. So now like there is actionable steps that were taken and there's something coming out of it. If there's something coming out of it, I think that is really what makes it quality for me. Oh, hundred percent. And that's, that's why I'm like a general supporter of the, the genre of true crime, like podcasting and, reporting and stuff because when done right like it means something it means something to the victims it means something to the like survivors like it means a lot when done in the proper way but when done for the purpose of entertainment like i know that like i haven't started watching Dami yet. it's on my list because it's so sensational i need to know what it's all about but i already know that pete like i know a lot about Dahmer. like i have listened to a lot of like the classic serial killers of America and, like, listen to the stories and the reporting and stuff about a lot of them. So I know a strong amount about the Dahmer case, and I know a lot of people who also know a lot have said that the the drama uh, took some liberties and have misrepresented facts. So, like, there are things that about the original Dahmer case that they purposely did incorrectly to heighten the drama of the show. So, like, they, you know, so small things, um, but that's still meaningful misrepresentation of what actually occurred. Um, and about the fucky fucky with the killers, I know there's a word for it and I had to look it up. Hebristophilia. So like, this is actually a phenomenon because it's not only with Dahmer, but like, uh, Richard Ramirez also had this. He, the Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker, the serial fucking rapist had like, while he was on trial and in jail, had women who wanted to marry him knowing he was a serial rapist. Women who, like, wrote him love letters. And, like, same... And a lot of this happened with Dama, too. A lot of this happened with a lot of the serial killers. People were attracted to their... The, the violent crime that they did or the, the fact that they were capable of doing something so violent. And that's what, like, people have started calling him bristophilia. Listen, we love a bad guy. Sure, sure. You know, a bad boy. Um... You know, maybe doesn't change his underwear every day. Maybe no, I, I prefer that. No, I prefer that. Oh, yeah. mm, mm, you yeah. like a little stank on it. No, no, no. Oh. I mean, I prefer them to change their oh. underwear every day. Oh, yeah, not yeah, me yeah. misrepresenting your facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I'm not pro stank. <laughs> um, let's not get it twisted. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think there are some elements that can be good when it comes to like 
really showing the serial killers because I think there's a heightened awareness yes. um, for a lot of individuals. But things like that, I just... Yes. Am I like, guilty of it sometimes? Maybe I've had some thoughts in the past, but the fact that it's gotten to like a point of obsession. Right. I think like anyone could say like, if you see a picture of someone like, you know, like how there was that thing related, but unrelated, like of the handsome prisoners or something it's like the beautiful, the beautiful guy that was a prisoner or whatever. And everybody was like dick hard about it. And he now has like a modeling deal or whatever. Cause he's pretty, that stupid shit. Like people have, like, if you just see a random photo of someone, sure that guy can be hot. However, I feel like the crime you've committed would then make you not hot. I think that's generally what we should do. And to find out that you were a serial, like you sexually assaulted people, r- killed people, broke into people's homes, feel like you're not hot anymore. Feel like you need to have a hot day with the electric chair. No, let me chill. I'm a chill. But I'm just saying. Maybe not. Oh, fuck. A serial killer. All I'm saying is. And this is a hot take. I'm probably going to get canceled for it. But if you find out a guy is known for choking, there are some questions of, I want to know what that feels like. I don't want you to kill me, but I want to know. I like choking. Okay. Different extents. Right. I'm not trying to die. Like right. Michael Myers strangling me. Although like that would be one way to go. It would be. I caught it. I don't know. Anyway, um... Can we talk about our favorite serial killers or like those that are yeah, mo- are most those complex? Super interested? Yes. 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 I think because one that has always fascinated me is Joseph D'Angelo, which Ooh. is the Golden State Killer. Yeah. I'm not sure. Okay, you're familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, so for the fans that are not sure who he is, he is the Golden State Killer who was accused and convicted for at least, I believe it was 13 murders. 51 rapes, 120 burglaries across California between 74 and 86. Um, But he was an ex-police officer. And he kept evading everybody. And it was like this whole big thing where he could not be caught. And there was a lot of names for him. So that was another thing. And because he like murdered on a highway, I believe it was. So it, it was even more difficult because then you're talking about different jurisdictions and all these crimes could make sense. But also, throw back to those times, we didn't have great DNA resources. We didn't have amazing communication skills. I mean, hell, we probably don't have amazing communication skills right now between our police departments. Um, but overall, I mean, he was someone that had always been suspected mm-hmm. of possibly being the person. And to know that like they could have found him sooner if they were able to tie more evidence to him. But... I mean, I listened to a podcaster who helped um, bring him down Mm -hmm. and he ended up retiring like near Paul Holes. If you're familiar, he's really big because he used to be a police officer. Um, He did a lot with like forensic labs. Really cool guy. Um, But he was talking about the night that D'Angelo was caught Mm -hmm. and he spent a majority of his career really trying to find who this person was and how to take him down. It's just it's very fascinating to me because the murders weren't uh, like obscene. Like they weren't something that you would think are in a movie or a book. Right. Like they were just so real that it could happen. And the fear that it instilled in so many people in California, wild to me. So I guess he'd probably be the most fascinating person because he was able to evade for how long and Mm -hmm. how many serial killers are out there right now who we're not catching. On average, I think like 
there's this random statistic that there are like 20 something active serial killers. And 25 to 50. Yeah. And we just don't know. And they just haven't been caught or connected because like, and like a big draw of like, especially like a lot of serial killers in the early, like mid 1900s and stuff. A lot of the reason they were able to invade as long as they were and do as many crimes as, as they could have, especially like the ones that went across state lines was because police departments didn't communicate across state lines. So oftentimes you wouldn't be able to connect this one guy in Colorado to the seven murders in California because he was in Colorado now and he didn't do any crimes in Colorado. So like that is how a lot of that, at least is a, very, a big similarity in a lot of serial killer stories. If they went state to state, they were generally able to escape for longer. But one of the most complex serial killers that I think and one that like raises a whole other question about like, is a serial killer able to evade police longer if they pick a demographic that will not be looked after the answer is yes absolutely generally if serial killers kill black people sex workers poor people um they're generally not caught for a pretty long time ah uh, or, so, or, or, or ever or ever let's just put it out because i mean we also have to acknowledge that there are bad police out there or communities that could care less if these people go missing from their streets mm-hmm. So the most complex serial killer that so to date that I've like learned about is Pedro Lopez. Uh, do you know anything about that guy? And the name sounds familiar, mm-hmm. but no, I don't think so. So Pedro Lopez, you know, had a killing spree, pretty much like he was from Colombia. So this is a Southern American like thing, which is probably why a lot of people don't know about it. But he was born in a native of Colombia. He claims to have like raped and killed three hundred women. 300? Across Colombia, Ecuador, and Peru. So, like, he was those three. He hopped around those three countries during his, like, criminal career. And that's his his number, his claim to fame that he reports is 300. So, they called him the monster of the Andes. So, he uh, he originally, <laughs> um, he was caught because um, a police group found a grave of 53 of his victims and was like, wow, there's a pit with 53 bodies let's figure out who did that so they caught him because i mean also his victims were children there would be young girls between the age of 9 and 12 that were in that body pit that caught him originally but he claims to have killed like hundreds more women's between well children and women between the ages of 9 and like 20 something so younger how many years was he active oh um he was born in 48 maybe 30 ish years he was caught put in prison but then i think i may be wrong don't quote me on this but i think there's a like a thing in whichever like country he was convicted in that there's only a certain amount of time that you can serve for murder so the max amount of time was like 10 or 15 years so he served 10 years total total not per person all, no total so he uh. served 10 so like he confessed to oh, like to the 300 murders they declared him insane um and he was released in 1998 on good behavior. And then from that point, no one knows where he went. So people don't know if he's died and they don't know his current whereabouts. So that's what's most interesting to me is that he was released and no one ever found him again. So we have no idea what he's up to, if he's died or if he's still doing stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. We all hate that. <laughs> but like, that's what I'm saying. Like he... Like, was in Southern America, like, Southern America, and this is a, a different topic, but, like, killing, like, women and girls, 
can be similar to a lot of the American serial killers. If you kill sex workers, if you kill black like black women, if you kill gay men, like <laughs> if you hit those demographics, it takes it takes a bit longer for anyone to really notice. You are ridding the streets of evil. Sure, sure, Jesus. <laughs> sure, sure, Jesus. <laughs> uh, all in all, I think true crime for the purpose of education and awareness um, can be a good thing. But when it's sensationalized for drama and entertainment, it's gross. Yes, I completely agree. And honestly, I think that there's a lot of advancements in society nowadays that we want to feel as though we are safer. Yes. Um, And that the ways of serial killers are no more because we have better DNA. We have genealogy. We yep. have all these different things like social media. We have all these different tracking elements that serial killers can't be existent. But again, going wake up call. Right. And I mean, I'm talking about serial killers, but I mean, the amount of different crimes, like, yeah, even violent crime, right. like just like home invasions and like robbery and like stuff like that is still super prominent. And like, there are people who can break into people's houses and not be caught for a very long time. Right. Like, and, and you don't know, I mean, the depth of evil out there, I guess I'd say, um, it is always terrifying to me. And like, I'm a big person. Like, I don't believe anybody is going to try to mess with me just because I'm like, oh, like I'm safe because of my stature. No one's going to attack a 6'2 man. It's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. But on the other hand, it could. And mm-hmm. we can't ignore some of those things. Um, and it's just going back to the statistic of like 25 to 50 serial killers active at any moment in time in the U S that we just don't know of. Right. And they're not being caught. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying, yep. terrifying to say the least. Yeah. And I think like not just to round it out and I see like, we need to like care more for the communities that are more susceptible to these, to these type of things. Like if you've listened to any, like, serial killer true crime violent crime stuff like where the like victims and survivors have been sex workers a lot of them have not reported being attacked because they would be arrested for being a sex worker so because we have certain things criminalized and because we don't care about certain people in society because of whatever preconceptions we have about the work that they do like they don't feel safe coming forward when they witness or are a victim of a crime and that perpetuates and lets that person continue to inflict more pain. So a lot of things we got to fix about it. For sure. For sure. All right. So our question of the week, since we obviously talked about like a lot of true crime stuff and violent crime, serial killers, all that, all that stuff. Um, you know, there's always a huge conversation about like what victims want, what survivors want or need. And sometimes like that's drowned out by the general populace and the sensationalism of the crime you know so like what do you think we could do like for like survivors of these crimes or what do you think might be like a better way that we can approach that topic well so i i think the first thing that needs to happen is we need to have better conversations and partnerships and relationships with victims and their families Um, Mm. I mean, I think there's a lot of true crime elements out there, whether it be podcasts, TV shows, documentaries, whatever, that they establish relationships with families to learn information they want. And then they screw them over because they tell like they don't tell a true story. They don't tell like an accurate picture. Yeah. I mean, they're going back to the whole dramatization. I think that is probably something that we need to be better on. And by probably, Mm -hmm. I mean, we need to. 
Um, I'm trying to think like if I happen to be a victim one day to one of these heinous crimes, like what would I want the news to say? Or if they're, they try to produce something about what happened to me, what would I want? I think the biggest thing is I would want them to give facts and talk about how I lived my life mm. in hopes that maybe that will help somebody. Cause I don't want it to be like, Oh yeah, this person was murdered. Let me just take the next 30 minutes to tell you about the serial killers upbringing and mm. all of these things, because we know, I mean, it's been done time and time again oh, and they're very similar. So we already know these elements, nothing's changing. I think we need to be better to support the victims and their families. Oh, I really like that answer because I think you're right. Like a lot of the true crime stuff, like I, I've been lucky enough to listen to like some really high quality stuff where they do focus on the survivors and telling their story and like taking that angle. And I really appreciate that. But for a lot of the sensationalized stuff, they focus on the serial killer and like they're tortured. And like, I hate when they do this and when they're like, try to draw sympathy for the serial killer. Like, yep, totally get like, we should have better mental health care for people like dealing with a lot of these things. Like a lot of serial killers were abused as children or a lot of serial killers, a couple of serial killers had like severe like head accidents or like um, blunt force trauma to the head in their childhood. And, and like a lot of people are like, well, that, you know, contributed to like their later imbalances, yada, yada. You know, a lot of these conversations talking about the childhood of a serial killer and, and how they did that. And while that's, you're right, it's fascinating and that's good information to know because then we should use that to talk about how, like what sort of things that we should offer to children and what sort of things we should have in schools and how we should really approach stuff like that. Um, but you're totally right. I think centering it more on appreciating and like telling the story and remembering the survivors and the victims of these crimes is way more meaningful than the guy, like the person that it like inflicted the crime and I think in a longer run like sort of like makes it easier to digest I think yeah. if we're really talking about pe like people I think it would make it less sensationalized because you're talking about real people people that have the same qualities as your friends and family that you care about and something bad was done to them you're going to care about the person more than the the figure that did it right and if I can just close this out with one other thought is there are active crimes that people are persecuted and it's just whoever the easiest quote unquote victim or the person mm -hmm. um, who we can blame this on. I think there's a lot of those people that we just pin these violent crimes on and we hope to build a case later. Yep. And I think we have to acknowledge how terrible that is and how we need to adjust our frame too when it comes to the justice system i mean um like adnan syed who recently was released but has been been in prison because you know i mean you've seen information about how the police just faked things yeah. and how we made this entire story up and we just rolled with it and that's the destroying people's lives even like the guy from the staircase like um i don't know if he did it or not I'm not the one to say, but we can formulate our own opinions. But the fact of the matter is like, if you are in the justice system, you can't just sabotage evidence to play into your hands and whatever you want. At the end of the day, we need to know what actually happened and where do we go from here? And I don't think we do a good enough job. And that's that. Damn right. Don't do crimes, reform the justice system. Do drugs. Soft drugs. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Marijuana. the- Marijuana.
Mm. Yes, Daddy Biden said it's okay. He did say it's okay. <laughs> How do you think Kamala feels about that? <laughs> I think she needs to puff up a little. She'll figure it out. <laughs> anyway, um, as always, fun time hanging with the pals. Um, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Remember, follow us uh, at Instagram at Among Friends Pod. And tell all your friends to listen too, because we're here for a good kiki, friends. Bye-bye. Bye. And for all of those people that bend down to get water out of their Britas, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> <laughs>